0: This is the MIBTOnline.com podcast featuring recordings from our weekly and monthly live streaming meetings. To see the videos discussed in the podcast and be part of the discussion, please consider joining our association at MIBTOnline.com. Now, here's the show. Tim Keefer, MIBTOnline.com. Welcome to our Wednesday night meeting. We're here every Wednesday night. Well, we're having a good time. We're learning and officiating, we're having some fun along the way, hopefully. Thank you uh, for taking some time out of your summer night here and t- to make yourself a better official, to uh, do the things that we like to do here to make ourselves better. We're talking football tonight, so I know that seems to be our more popular topic with our members, because that's where we started, that's kind of our bread and butter. We do other sports, though, and we are continuing to expand, I mean, when we have Major League umpire, who's part of our staff. I mean, that's got to be a good thing. Can't be a bad thing. So, once again, I'm Tim Kiefer. Welcome to our meeting tonight. Let's uh, let's jump right into it. We got a lot to do. So, uh, well, you know, we always go through our announcements. We'll get to those. We'll have the penalty report. Spe- very special penalty report tonight. Play of the week, or that is actually the play of the month. And then we'll have some more video discussion. Then, what makes this call great? it's a new segment we're starting here and I'll uh, we'll get there and I'll explain but I think it's going to be a lot of fun I think uh, it's something that's going to continue for a while and then our new play of the week or our play of the month and then any questions that you may have fire away so uh, here are our announcements real quick our meeting schedule remember we're doing our weekly meetings now we don't Always talk about football, but we might talk football. We might talk other sports. There's a lot of things that are going on in officiating. So you want to join us and tell your friends, tell all your officiating friends, hey, this is a great platform. We're trying to keep you up to date and keep everybody you know sharp. As you know, whether you're, you're starting to do like seven-on-seven seven leagues for football, or if you're refereeing basketball summer leagues, or whatever it might be, still umpiring baseball, we're trying to keep everybody you know ready to go and give everybody something to look forward to on a Wednesday night at seven o'clock central time. Clinics, so the IHSA Conference, the Illinois High School Association, I've talked about this every week, but if you are an Illinois official and a member, you get access to this conference, which starts July 12th. If you're not an Illinois official, there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff going on. You might wanna check it out and just for the fun of it, because you have access to it as a member of mibtonline.com, so thank you for being a member. Uh, Our football clinic right now is scheduled for Wednesday, August 11th at 5.30. It'll be a four-hour clinic. Our clinics, we've done, this will be our fourth our fourth or our fifth clinic, and uh, I mean, I guess if you count some of the elements, we've done more. But uh, we're going to make this a for the Illinois officials. We're going to get this clinic to be a certified clinic. In fact, I got to get on that. I got to get that paperwork in and make sure we do that. And any other officials across the country, there's still great information that we provide, make you a better official when you're ready to go in the fall. And we're going to have people. We're going to try to get some guests from around the country too to get a different perspective, so that way you can put it in your repertoire. Once again, making you a better official once it's time to go. All right, the penalty report. So, this is a very special penalty report tonight. But before I get to it, I want to welcome in uh, our, our normal guest, Pete Panel, and people we have to discuss football. I got send him sitting over there to my left. He's monitoring the chat. It's uh, Robert Yabara. Robert, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing great. Man, I love discussing football with you, Tim, and MIBT, and all our viewers. Because let's learn in June so that we're better and ready to take the field come August. So thank you. We're going to have a great night. I hope so. And so we also have
0: our resident expert. Uh, he, he's. I think we got his lighting fixed. It, it doesn't matter. We have Bill LeMagne with us. Bill, how are you doing? Oh, we did. Good job, Bill. You got your lighting fixed.
2: Yeah, my halo is gone now. So uh, <laughs> i back being a mere mortal.
0: There you go, mere, mor- mere mortal. So, all right, to our to penalty report here real quick. Uh, like I said, very special penalty report tonight. So for those of you who don't know, uh, I, I spent some time in the Navy. I was in the Navy uh, right out of high school for four years and enjoyed my time in the Navy. And one of the things I learned in the Navy was that if you were part of a ship's commissioning, meaning like a brand new ship comes out of the yard, and you get on that ship, and you're the first part of it, you're the first ship's company, they, they call you a plank owner. And it's, it's just a term that you are to tell everybody that, hey, you were one of the first people to be on this ship. Well, MIBTOnline.com is its own ship. And uh, tonight, we've got Stan Brown with us. Now, Stan, as all of you know Stan, Stan was with us our first few years. Stan has retired from football officiating, and I know he's like a pickleball champion now, but I asked Stan to join us tonight. Stan, how are you doing? We haven't heard from you in a while. How you been? I know you got your you had your pickleball medals earlier there. Well,
3: well trying to be humble with all that, you know, but uh um yeah, it's been it's been really good. Um I've uh I've ventured into not only uh Uh, playing a lot of pickleball, uh, refereeing pickleball. I have received level two credentials to do that. And uh, now I've even been selected to help train new pickleball referees. So right when I thought my refereeing career was, uh, going to be over, um, I jumped into a different sport. So, uh, good thing is, is I just stand there on the court. I don't have to do a whole lot of moving, so uh, it's not too bad, it's a lot of fun.
0: Well, good, I'm glad you've, you found a new uh, avocation, but I wanted you to come here tonight because we've got a very special award. You're gonna be the first person to receive this, and here it is, hopefully we can see it. This is gonna be awarded to Stan Brown, mibtonline.com plank owner, because Stan was one of our first members here on the mibtonline.com super flagship station. And so Stan, this is gonna to go to you as a plank owner, because we really appreciated you having the confidence and in us into to providing you football education when you were officiating football and spreading the word and helping our organization grow specifically in the state of Alabama. So this is coming to you. You're a plank owner here at MIBTOnline.com, and we want to thank you for everything that you did for us. And you're always welcome here, and maybe we'll have to start a -a pickleball section here at MIBTOnline.com. But I just wanted you to join us, and I wanted to present you this award here on our panel report tonight for everything that you've done. So thank you very much.
3: Uh, Tim and uh, Robert and Bill and I see Mike is on there this has been uh, an amazing experience uh, for me over the last few years to really and make my last couple years of, of officiating even stronger and and better and uh, getting the feedback and getting the information from from uh, experienced officials and intelligent officials uh, like you all have have been a very rewarding experience for me and i am very humbled that you've allowed this um uh, this guy from the south with a bad southern accent to to join in with your ranks and um uh, tm i will say this uh, personally I, I will never i will always remember i will always remember uh when you came down and worked as one of our spring games with us and Uh, That was a real highlight, and I really appreciate what you have done for all the officials throughout the country, and I know those that in my association that have joined MIBT, um, they have really enjoyed it, and we've had some great follow-up discussions on many of the topics that we've covered here, so uh, it's been a great, great experience, and, and I wish everyone all the very best as you just continue to grow and enhance uh, the product. And I really appreciate the friendships that we've developed.
0: Oh, I do too. I really enjoyed that coming down. It was a lot of fun. We were going to try to do it again and then COVID screwed it up. But maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe we will come down. So Robert, I mean, there's got to be people saying, what's the, I mean, that's pretty cool, isn't it, Robert?
1: It's fantastic. So you're so articulate, Stan. Thank you so much for the kind words that you've shared. And yes, we are getting a lot of congratulations from our viewers. Uh, you represent the state of Alabama uh, very well, and congratulations on being the plank owner.
0: So very very good. I know, I, I, you know, Bill, he was an Army guy. He's like, plank? Do I have to walk the plank? No, it's not walk the plank, Bill. It's, it's what I said, you know. So, I mean, that's pretty cool, right, Bill?
2: Yeah, it is kind of neat. And, and when you said plank and the Navy thing, it reminded me when I took a tour of the USS George Washington aircraft carrier. I thought maybe you got him one of those wooden uh, planks that they use for the takeoff and landings from the runway.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, that would be – my connections would have to go a little bit further than that. But uh, so I think we got Mike. Mike Billica, I, I was, uh, wasn't sure if Mike was going to join us tonight. Mike, so I mean, you know, Stan, you, 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 know, you came in with Stan here, so how are you?
4: I'm doing well. I'm in South Dakota right now, a pure officiating conference. Um, I don't know how well I'm coming in, but I'm on the hotel Wi-Fi. <laughs> Didn't know I could join, but I was glad I was able to sneak away and, and jump in.
0: So, well, thanks. We'll see if we'll we'll see how you do out there. Appreciate you taking the time. Oh, he's in South Dakota. So, Stan, feel free to join us. Stay, you know, if you got any uh, comments on anything, let us know. But I want to thank you once again for being being one of our plank owners. And uh, this is I'll be shipping this out to you. I think I need your new address, but I'll be shipping this out to you and. Uh, and you can uh, hopefully display it proudly uh, wherever you want or throw it in the garbage, I don't care. (laughs) But uh, congratulations once again.
3: Thank you so much. It'll have a great spot right here in my office that I'm talking to you right now. So it'll be perfect. Thank you.
0: Well, great. All right, so let's get on, that was the penalty report, kind of fun. So let's uh, let's move on to what we got, the play of the week. So uh, let's go back, we'll go wide on the play of the week. And this is the play of the month actually from last month so if you remember quarterback takes the ball he scrambles and then we got a little bit of contact and we got a couple flags and here it is you get the you get the wide shot and you got a couple flags so here are the results so is this contact uh on the qb roughing the passer 53 percent said yes 47 percent said no. So here are some of the comments. Donnie, I see this is roughing the passer. Pretty simple. He did have a couple other things to say, but uh, Bernie O, I have legal. I think it was bang bang enough where the defender couldn't stop in time. Okay, Bernie, thanks for the comment. And Steve R, I have roughing the passer on the play of the month, not on the first defender, but on the second one who gave the quarterback a two-hand shove. Great comment, Steve. I want everyone to remember that one. That comment is very important. So I'm going to pull a play up. Um, Real quick, though, were there any comments about the play of the week that maybe people, they didn't get a chance to comment? Or did you see, Robert? Does anybody have anything to say? Uh, uh, Probably not because it's on on a little bit of a delay. So let me me pull up uh, the play here again. We'll get that going. Give me one second. So... I appreciate everybody who participated because that's what we need here. We need, we need, otherwise we don't know what's going to happen with it. All right, so we'll go uh, wide on the play again. Let's go wide and let's walk through the play step by step. So right now we've got a pretty um, balanced, we do have a balanced formation. So we have to ask ourselves who has who. We always like to go through it like this because this way we're always starting the off on the right foot. We're all, when we're evaluating a play, we are always saying, alright, I'm, I'm the back judge, who's my key? If I'm the head linesman, line judge, who's my key? Umpire referee, what am I focusing on? So if we notice, we've got a balanced formation, so our, there's a good chance our back judge is going to go to the line judge's side. But as you can see, we've got no competitive matchups here. So pretty much, right when the ball is snapped, we're gonna zone this up right away. So there's really no keys to, to worry about because you've got two receivers here, two receivers here, your fourth re- or fifth receivers in the backfield. So you've got a basic five, five person line of scrimmage of, of linemen and your two ends. Pretty simple formation, shotgun formation. There's gonna be a new rule about blocking in shotgun formations, but we're not gonna get into that tonight, but that's something we need to start thinking about. All right, so now we're gonna roll through the play here. Quarterback drops back. We've got four receivers who are going into the pattern. However, there's a th- uh, the fifth receiver, which is this back right here. Okay, what's he doing? He may be helping with a block, he may sneak out. So this is one of those things where if you you've got three receivers coming to your zone if you are the line judge at the bottom of the screen because you've got number one, number two, and now number three coming out. If you're the back judge, Hopefully, your your head is on a swivel, and you're looking to help out to the right, possibly because there's going to be more receivers over there than there are are up at the top. The other thing that we do as a back judge, you want to peek. You want to keep your head kind of moving back and forth, but you want to peek at the quarterback because high school quarterbacks will tell you where the ball is going most of the time. When you get to a higher level, sometimes they they geek you, but it's nice to kind of keep that in your scan. We're scanning, we're not focusing or watching any specific action. We are scanning and looking for things to officiate. And I'm gonna throw it, because Robert works back judge all the time. Robert, do you agree with that? Like when you're back there and you've got all these receivers, you're
1: looking for something to officiate, correct? 100%, you said it 100% correctly. High school quarterbacks are gonna telegraph where they're looking, and to that point, you recognize who are the receivers in your zone. You look if there's a competitive matchup, look where you got time to react, Once the quarterback goes one, two, three, they're gonna commit to a direction and boom, your focus should be on that area in the zone and where you should be uh, making judgments.
0: The other thing to look at on this one is that our umpire right here, we'll go wide again, our umpire and our referee who's out of the picture, they have got this, they've got all of this right now because they're probably not gonna get any help from their wings because of four to five receivers in the pattern. So referee and umpire have to understand that they've got that blocking. So now we're gonna let the play continue out so now it looks like our our back does kind of help out but is our lineman downfield probably not our our head been up here at the top he's just underneath our banner there he's holding you know I mean I, I could he have drifted a little bit this time maybe maybe not but he's holding which is fine because he's gonna officiate what he sees so now our quarterback is turning and running now we had a potential we had a potential illegal block here but not really because that's the offensive player just trips so there's some potential there's some potential here but everything seemed on this block right here but everything seems to be pretty legal right now so our referee and umpire should be uh, focused in on that now everybody's gonna shift the point of attack so umpire's gonna come back side this zone here this is zone three if you remember those zone coverages we were talking about wash and backside our l down here we still have a potential for a pass so we've got a receiver here we probably got a receiver down here but we also have a line of scrimmage that is could potentially be threatened as well so there's a lot going on on the line judge's side in his mind right now and our referee there he is that's the referee's bread and butter most of the time is the quarterback so now we move out and it looks like he's going to run however we still don't know. He hasn't passed the line of scrimmage. You can see here's the auxiliary box, and there is our down at the bottom of the screen, there is our line judge. He's also holding because we don't know what we're gonna have here. Now the quarterback turns and throws. Now here's where things get a little interesting. From a mechanic standpoint, our headlines, or, I'm sorry, our line judge does have coverage downfield. He has to now uh, transition from a potential run to action down the field. And unfortunately, our line judge is more focused on the action coming at him. He starts to take a step back. I think he might've just jumped the gun a a tad on that. He might've wanted to move back towards uh, the team box, not back towards the backfield, because now he's in a position where that ball is now in the air, and now we potentially don't have anybody covering a pass downfield. So go go back wide on it before we get to the roughing, So now he is, if you look at our line judge right here, he is watching this and not watching what's going on down there. And that, unfortunately that was a breakdown of mechanics. And with five person, we don't have the luxury of doing that. And sometimes we find ourselves in these positions. So you just, you know, I I, I hate to be critical because we also have self-preservation. We all need to go to work on Monday and you don't want his knees to be taken out. But ultimately, As soon as that ball, he saw that quarterback start to rear up and throw and knew that that line of scrimmage, you know, going back, he he would have been able to tell that that line of scrimmage was no longer going to be threatened once that quarterback cocked the arm and starts to throw. This point, he should be going that way, which would take him out of this danger and put him in a position to rule something out there. He doesn't have to worry about this anymore. Why doesn't he have to worry about it? Because there's a referee coming over the top, that actually he might even be here, who's going to be looking at all that action because the, that is his bread and butter. The quarterback is his bread and butter. So that's an important point on this play because what's going to happen, we're going to go wide again on it. You're going to see when it goes to the end zone shot, here comes the pass. All right, now the pass is in the air. You have a potential catch. Look at this. You've got like a toe tapper right here and Our line judge has no clue what happened with that. So we got this toe tapper and the ball comes out. You can't really see it, but the ball is out on the ground right now. And our back judge who's coming over the top, he tries to help right here. Now I will tell you, our back judge ruled this a completed pass because he did not see the ball come out. But it's kind of clear, I mean, well, not in this film, but if you, if you go wide and you, you, if it was a little bit less grainy on this copy, you would see that the ball is clearly out. I'm gonna to try to find it. Try to go wide, we'll, we are wide, we'll try to find it. Cause you see him catch it and then he gets hit and then he doesn't survive and the ball is actually out on the ground. It's like, I think the ball is right there. So the ball is out on, out on the turf. But our back judge is screened by this, and what he sees, he sees a completed pass. So when he comes over after and says, we have a completed pass. Now, this was the extra credit portion of this play because what happens with penalty enforcement? So we're going to walk back to that in a minute. But I wanted to take you through all the steps of mechanics and why this was a mechanical breakdown on the passing portion of it not even talking about the, um, the, the, the potential roughing. So we know what, what, what happened and then we'll walk through penalty enforcement and why it was important and why this, this mistake actually ended up being a big deal. So let's walk back to the, now let's talk about the roughing. So you've got this play. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it play in real time right here. So it's like bang, bang. And there was a comment about that, about bang, bang. And you know what, I agree, it was bang, bang. And let's, let's look at it again right here. We're going to look at it from the end zone shot. Boom, boom. Bang, bang. I totally agree with that comment. It was absolutely bang, bang. Now, I will say this. I was a referee on the game. And this is why I, I didn't call it because of the bang, bang. I called it because of, we'll go back here, the secondary action. Here comes the, the player across the top. Not the pursuit player. Not this player. This player. Watch what he does at the end of this. Contact is okay. The contact is fine, right there. That contact is fine. If that's if that all is if that's where it stops, you know, and it, and the quarterback just gets hit based off of this contact, we don't have a flag. Where the flag comes is the two hands extending. This is a secondary act, pushing the quarterback out of bounds. That was where the unnecessary roughness comes in. That's where the roughing the quarterback comes in. Not the contact itself, the secondary contact of the extension of the arms. You'll see it better here on the end zone shot. You see him two hand shove out of bounds. That is where the foul was. That is why I believe that is correct call for roughing the passer. Now, I made the call. I still looking at this film, I'm happy with the call. Based off of the film supports what I saw on the field, so now I know the text number is up, and we're, we're going to get everybody's comment. But I'm going to go to Bill. You know, Bill refereed a long time. Bill, you saw this. You see how walked how I walked through. Do you agree with me? Do you think this should have been roughing, or was it a bang bang? It was
2: bang bang, and and if he would not have done the extension, you you know I would have totally passed on it. I watched for the hand pushed, especially the two-hand push, that tells me the defender, he wasn't trying to make a tackle. He knew the ball was away. So that was an act that told me he consciously did this, uh, not trying to to make a tackle, not trying to break up a pass. Uh, He knew the ball was away and he was just letting the quarterback know he was there. So that's what got him in trouble. So I support the call. Is it tight? Is it close? Uh, it'd be one of those ones I'd say would be in a when in doubt, so you definitely put the flag down.
0: Right, and I, like I said, I'm with you 100%. If I had that first contact, nope, I'm passing, but the extension is what, what cued me and
1: what, what got the flag. So, um, Robert, how, what's the text look like? What are people saying on this? Uh, on the text, people are saying that they agree on uh, air, on player safety, being consistent throughout the contest, protecting the quarterback, all supporting the call and the flag. Then there's other comments in addition to that, Tim. I don't know if you're going to get into later, but really to the coach in the and the vicinity and the, and the.
0: There's a lot the that box. happened. Okay. Yeah,
1: there's a lot that happened on this. Sure. Play. So, so uh, they're kind of digging in deeper into it, but yeah, that's what you've said so far. They're in total agreement.
0: Right. So there's a lot that did happen on this play. So even further. So okay, now, that's why we have the. That's why we have the roughing. Okay. So we have the roughing. Here it is. Here it is again. So now, the ball was potentially possessed we'll call it at like about the 48-yard line, because that's what the back judge did. They came over and ruled that it was a, it was a catch at the 48-yard line. So why is this important? Because roughing the passer is one of those high school enforcements that is a tack-on if it's a completed uh, pass, and you don't have change of possession, blah, blah, blah. So on a play like this, if that pass is ruled complete, they get the completion, and the 15 yards okay this is important because if it's an incomplete pass the roughing the passer is a previous spot enforcement so knowing whether or not the pass is completed is huge that's why when our line judge bailed and was unable to officiate the rest of the play it created this issue with the crew causing our back judge to have to guess on whether the ball was a completed pass or not he said that he just went off a of body language from his angle. And I can't really, you know, he was doing the best he can. I mean, I, I can't fault him. He just called what he saw. He thought he saw what he saw, so that's fine. And that's not his call. So he was trying to help the crew out. Turns out it ended up being an incomplete pass, but whatever. Because there's other things that happened on this play that it actually didn't, it did matter, but it didn't matter. So going back, going back to the, the play, the coach, there was, there was some discussion about the coach. So the head coach is, is, is I think he's he's in here somewhere. Right? He might, yeah. It might have been this guy, it might have yeah. been this guy. But what ended up happening was, is that on this contact, which we all agreed was bang bang other than the shove, he wanted, the coach was very verbal in his assertion that that player should be discouraged qualified. The defensive player should be disqualified because of that contact. And he was vocal to not only the line judge, but specifically to the referee, me. <laughs> and after trying to calm him down, he said some choice words, which then resulted in a dead ball on foul against him. So that's kind of funny because this coach, Thought that player should be ejected. Now the other coach had this play sent in to me, and he said, I don't think this is roughing the passer. So one coach doesn't even think it's a foul, the other coach thinks the, other, the guy should have been ejected. So, I mean, there you go. You want to talk about point of view. Point of view it does play a lot. So what ended up happening is that the coach was penalized 15 yards, so we did walk to the, we went to the completion spot, we walked off the, the 15 additional and then we came, we brought it back. So it ended up being, the ball ended up being put in play on the next down at the, uh, at the spot where we had uh, what the supposed completion. And it was an automatic first down, so it was first down. Uh, regardless, it, And it, it, I think it, it was, be, whether it was beyond the line of gain or not, the dead ball foul doesn't trump the live ball foul. So you've got the live ball foul first, You enforce that, which is 15 yards added to the end of the the run. And then, I mean, it wasn't much of a run. It was a catch. But 15 yards to the end of the catch. Automatic first down. Now we bring the chains back with us to go first down because of the 15-yard penalty against the coach for the uh, offensive team. Which, I don't know. You know, it's funny. You tell the coach, we flagged it. Why want it thrown out? No, sir. We flagged it. That was a roughing. It wasn't flagrant. It was a foul. No, it wasn't, you are a blah, 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 blah. Okay, fair enough. Sometimes coaches think that way. So Mike, hopefully we got your connection here real, uh, let's jump over to Mike. You see how we walk through this, Mike? A Lot of things going on, but that's why it's important that we don't lose our concentration when we're a wing just because we got stuff coming at us because it, does have ram- it could have ramifications down the road.
4: It's, it's just so challenging to work um, with a running quarterback that's coming right at you end up in your lap. Um, but you really do need to officiate the sideline. Um, there's really nobody else that can bail you out of that. That back judge was an, uh, incredibly impossible. Um, having a flag come in for roughing the passer from a wing official, if I'm the referee, I'm going to because I know that we just gave up uh, big zone of responsibility on our crew on that and it did turn out to make a difference um, I thought you guys handled the uh, code you guys walked through and officiated the, the play correctly so uh, kudos to you guys as a crew together and, and doing it to the best that you could
0: well the funny thing is, is that the, the line judge is actually a referee normally <laughs> and he was working the wing. So he, it was just kind of an instinct for him, I guess, because
1: I looked at him, I'm like, I got this. I got this. Robert, what are some comments? Uh, just excellent penalty enforcement. You were spot on. Uh, uh, all the viewers are agreeing that yes, it is an automatic first down. So great job having level heads with a lot of meat on the bone on this one play, Tim.
0: Yeah, it was. And I was, I was like one of those where I threw the, I threw the unsportsmanlike on the coach and I just kind of like looked at him like, what, what are you doing? Like it was one of those where emotions were running high and it was one of those games where one coach was, well actually it was just the one coach was yelling across the field at the other coach and you know, it was like, all right, settle down folks. And and once we, once we had that unsportsmanlike, actually things did settle down and uh, it ended up being no issue. But it was, rec- it was discussed how that was an incomplete pass and how we did miss that. We absolutely missed the incomplete pass. I think we got the roughing correct. We missed the incomplete pass. Next time we'll get better. Our line judge will be better for it. We'll all be better for it next time. So I'm going to give uh, Bill the last word on this. Bill, you got any uh, last comments from the play and, and maybe how we could have done it better or good things, bad things? What what do you got? Yeah, I think one of the things, especially, you know,
4: even
2: at the high school level, kids are faster faster. And- bigger than they've ever been working deeper off the field to to start uh is something that officials need to consider you know when i first started officiating we worked on the field then we moved back to the sideline after a few years now we're seeing officials that are working the back part of the white uh to start a play so give yourself that space for your own safety and then again a crew of five nobody else has has that sideline except you, so you can't give up that responsibility because nobody's there to help you. It would have been interesting if the pass would have been called correctly and complete, and then the coach was doing his screaming and yelling. He still ended up ahead of the game, so so uh, he shouldn't be too upset about it.
0: You wouldn't, like I said, I, I was a little surprised. But like I said, tensions were running a little bit high, and hey, you got to do what you got to do, you know, at some point. I mean, we don't want to throw those, but like we've talked about before, I'm not, I didn't do anything. You earned what you got. It was just, I was just enforcing something that you did. (laughs) So, I mean, pretty much that's what what it comes down to. He didn't offer to help you with the fact that it was an incomplete pass, did he? Oh, no, that didn't come up. Of course it didn't come up. And everybody on that sideline knew it was com- uh, totally an incomplete pass. But no, 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 we're gonna forget about that one. But like yeah. I said, we'll be better next time. So we'll move on to our, our next play here of the night, video discussion. Let's go wide on this. Um, I'm gonna set, set the play up. It is fourth down and eight. And the ball is at the 44 yard line. So why is this important? It is always important we need to talk about down and distance because down and distance matters. So, Robert, you're a back judge. You see we're we're fourth and eight at about the 44-yard line. That's where our line of scrimmage is. Um, What are you thinking if they come out in like a regular formation? They're not coming out in a scrimmage kick or a field goal. They come up to the line in a regular formation. What's going through your mind?
1: Yeah. I, in all sincerity, based on experience, I'm going to officiate it at my standard position, but I am going to read the quarterback just in case they do a quick kick situation. But in, in all sincerity, no matter the outcome of the play, I'm going to kill the clock. I'm just going to uh, officiate the play like I normally would with an understanding that if they do a quick kick uh, out of that uh, standard formation, I got goal line responsibility.
0: Very good. That's what we're, if you're a back judge here, or if you're, and if you're the line judge you know, in high school for Illinois, that line judge goes at the snap on, on on scrimmage kicks. But if you're a wing official, you're thinking, well, we could have a lot of different things happen here. If you're the referee, you're thinking the same thing. What if he kicks the ball? What's the formation? Do we have a legal scrimmage kick formation? And I'm going to put Mike on the spot, but I know he knows it. So, Mike. What defines a legal sc- uh, scrimmage kick formation in high school? What's the yardage?
4: You mean you mean what defines a legal formation with regards to the rule? Four guys in the backfield, um, the line of scrimmage. Uh, that's guys. You're talking about the the uh, waistline at the center. Or... No, I'm What's saying like a scrimmage expected?
0: kick. You must maybe just heard scrimmage
4: like formation. Oh, scrimmage oh, ten, kick. I'm sorry. It's 10, ten yards. 10 yards for the 10 yards. That's it. Holder, That's the important thing. For the
0: holder. And why is that important is because when you have the, the when you have the, the kicker or whoever receiving the snap 10 yards, it opens up a whole different set of exceptions because now you can have a numbering exception uh, rule on fourth down if you've got a scrimmage kick formation. You can also, uh, the center is given protection if you're in a scrimmage kick formation. So there's a lot of things that are important when the quarterback or kicker or whoever is in that 10 yards, that means something. So let's go back to the play, we'll go wide, and you'll see as we come out, this is your standard formation. It looks like they're going for it, okay? So let's, call, let's count, let's see what we, what we have here. We always go through our formations, So we've got a receiver at the top. We've got a receiver or a back here. We've got a back here, receiver, receiver. So based off of what we see, our formation strength that's at the bottom of the screen, so our back judge is probably going to the end. Our line judge is probably going to the inside. Maybe you switch this in your crew. Maybe you have the back just take the inside receiver. It really doesn't matter as long as they're covered. Ultimately, there's nothing to cover here, though because we really don't have a competitive matchup. You might have something here, but he's still got some space. So we're gonna probably zone this up right away. So we're thinking fourth down. Robert brought up a really good point. Fourth down, fourth down, fourth down. What happens at the end of fourth down regardless? What happens? We kill
1: the clock.
0: That's one of those things we have to remember. Doesn't matter if we make the line of gain or not. This is a fourth down play. It's gonna be first down, after this play, or there's gonna be a penalty, and we're gonna to have to redo it, so we're gonna have to kill the clock. Regardless, we have to kill the clock. Remember that, tell yourself, fourth down, we do reminders, we do this, we do that. People who do this on fourth down, I sometimes, I've talked about this before on here, but that's one of my pet peeves, because we're doing this, double stakes, to say we don't stop the clock on the first stake, but on fourth down, it doesn't matter, we stop the clock. So just <laughs> remember that, that's one I've always been one of my pet peeves. So, all right, so we know we're stopping the clock, let's go back to the play say the quarterback is in shotgun. Now how deep is the quarterback? The quarterback is about five yards and there is not a holder so they don't they're not gonna this is not a scrimmage kick formation so there are no numbering exceptions and there are uh, you do not have uh, protection for the center. That's important because what happens next? Quarterback takes the ball he steps back but not that far and Guess what? There's that quick kick that Robert was talking about. This happens. Teams do this because they're trying to they're working the field position advantage. They're trying to get that in their favor. So, as a referee, I have to think, is this a kicker? What is his protection? Now, let's go go to a definition of a kicker. A kicker is a kicker is a kicker is a kicker. A kicker is given protection no matter where they're at. However, there's a caveat that says if the kick is in doubt, and the contact was not uh, excessive or uh, unnecessary, then it's not roughing the kicker. So with a quarterback who's going for a quick kick, if all of a sudden now we've got, he kicks it and then he's he's contacted by the lineman right away who doesn't realize that the ball is being kicked because there might have been some doubt, I'm giving the leeway. It's going to have to be... Clear as day, ball gone, everybody knew he was a kicker, and now something happens. Goes into the plant leg, something like that where there was, there was no doubt at that point. Then I might think about going the roughing the kicker option. But until that point, it's, it, it, I'm thinking there's still doubt. There's still doubt by the defender. I'm gonna give him that benefit of the doubt based off of the action. So before we get to the next part of this play, I wanna bring Bill in because Bill, you've seen plenty of quick kicks in your time. And, you know, sometimes teams will do this, A, for the field position, or a lot of times they do want to draw that cheap foul with the defender and, the, and, the, and, you know, and the roughing the kicker. When you were a referee, what was your line of, like, demarcation when you thought, all right, this falls into this, or I've I really got to have a lot of leeway? How did you judge that? I, I did not
2: give the uh, kicker, quote, the quarterback, uh, the benefit of the doubt on that one. Uh, he's the one that's creating the situation, so if um, if he hasn't given that time enough time for that defender to react to it, um, no, he's not even going to get the protection like he would if he passed the ball. So no, he's not going to get the protection on this one.
0: Okay, so there, so there you go. Now you understand. The definitions, he's still a kicker, but like I'm with Bill, it's gotta be egregious. It's gotta almost go to the where it didn't even matter he was a kicker because that contact was so unnecessary and so excessive. So let's go back to the play now. So now we got this ball. We got this little wide. You got this kick out there. And now we don't have people in the best position. Our back judge realizes we have a kick. Our line judge realizes there was a kick and now they're running down the field. But look, we got the coffin corner coming here. <laughs> This is a train wreck, potentially, because what's going to happen? Uh-oh, grab the ball, slide into the pylon. All right, that's what we got. Now, watch what happens. Watch what happens. We've got, we're marking it at, both officials are marking it at the one-yard line. And the reason they're marking it at the one-yard line is because they deemed right there the ball was possessed prior to the player hitting the pilot. Now, this, we're looking at this uh, you know, a million miles away here, and a little bit of a, of a grain, and they're right there, So the two officials. So, I mean, you can see if he's possessing the ball right here, the ball really hasn't broken the plane. You've got an official here, and you've got an official here. That's, they're both looking down. You know what? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one, and if they got it on the one, they got it on the one. If they thought this was an outstanding play. They moved into position to rule on this. Now, Robert, you know, we talk philosophy. You know, this is a big deal because now it puts the ball on the one-yard line, and that is, that's, that's field position. That's advantage. That's, that's a huge thing instead of the 20, obviously. So philosophy-wise, I mean, are you, you want to be clear as day. If you see a guy slide in, are you going to try to put him in the end zone? How are you going to handle that?
1: I'm throwing my beanbag into the end zone to take the pressure off the um – wing unless the wing comes in and tells me he's got him out the ball out on the sideline and the reason why is I don't want to have the best eyes in the games thank you Bill LeMagne for explaining that to me but most importantly the the way the the play was evolving uh, we can put that ball in the end zone because the momentum took the ball into the end zone so the possession yes he touched the ball but I can easily judge and say the ball was not completely possessed until he broke the plane of the goal line so that's how I would judge on that play.
0: Okay. So that's, you would want to put the ball in the end zone, which is fine. I mean, from this, you, that's what we got. Now, Bill, we've talked about this many times. You know the call, you make the call. If you've got doubt, yeah, I'm with Robert 100%. If you, if you lose the ball, you can't. if you can put this in the end zone, great. But if you know the call and you know he clearly had it at the one and slid in, you're probably gonna put the ball at the one, or, or, or do you wanna to try to fudge this? How would you want, want this officiated? If I have doubt,
2: uh, I'd wanna try and make it a touchback. That said, there's a part to this that I don't think we've discussed yet. And that's why the two of them probably got together and had a conference. The line judge might've seen that, and if we go back and look at this, when that player dives and he's about to hit the pylon, he's touching out of bounds. That left arm, forearm, is hitting the sideline, it appears. So he's out of bounds. And if he's touching even a loose ball that hasn't crossed the goal line yet, that ball's dead. So they're getting together and having a conference. May have come up with that as the result, that uh, the ball was touched uh, by a b- player out of bounds.
0: Uh, it's dead. So that's a very good point. So whether it was possessed or not, in this case, if his, if he was out of bounds and he's touching the ball, ball's dead where it lies. Uh, the, the, you thing- know, the
2: back judge can tell you where the where the ball is. The wing official can tell you about that player being in or out of bounds. So that required a conference, and and I I think they came up with the right answer. As no,
0: much as I'd want to see a touchback, I think they came up with the right answer. No, and I think they did too, and I. I applaud them for getting together and making the right call, discussing because this is, this is one of those where, yeah, we talk about you know eye contact, the, the, the nods and all this stuff between the wings and the back judge, but we also have discussions on plays like this where we do need to get together so that way we're 100% sure on what, because I got piece A, you got piece B, and together we can have C, and that C is hopefully going to be the correct answer and the correct call so because the official I, and I totally understand what Robert was saying because he's looking at it from this he wants to make it you know no, not the best size in the game put it a touchback if if Robert was on this game and called it a touchback there's nothing I can say on this film that says he's wrong by these guys coming together and making that call and putting it at the one the film supports that as well I can say they were right there they made the call it looks like maybe the player's arm was out of bounds touching the ball prior to breaking the plane Robert, do we have any text or comments on this one?
1: Yes, we have uh, some viewers saying, I agree with the out-of-bounds call. Uh, and then we have another comment that I didn't think about, Bill Monge's point about out-of-bounds and touching it. So these are all great discussion elements. And, and, to, and with that being said, for crewmates to get together to make a judgment call is ideal. That is by, by that's what we're, we're, we're trying to accomplish, is get the call right. A back judge has goal line responsibility. By throwing the bag, I'm letting my crew know what I have. So when we come to the discussion, my crewmate is going to sell me with Ike Robert. He was, uh, the, his body was touching out of bounds, and I ha- clearly have him out of bounds touching the ball when he was out of bounds. Great! We came together, we made a decision, and we're going with it. But no one's going to have any doubt on what I have. I have the ball in the end zone. Well, that's fine, Robert,
0: and that's great, but let's flip this. Yeah. Let's say it's just a little bit earlier. Are you putting your bag on the one yard line? Are you saying, if you're down, looking down the goal line and you have that clear possession, I mean, you see as clear as day oh. yep. at the one, and it's a slidey day, and he slides in, are you putting your bag on the one now instead of in the end zone?
1: Okay, great point. All right, I'm gonna be on the goal line, and I'm going to read the play, right? So if, if I have it, so it's in the field of play, there's no sideline uh, judgment involved? Is that what you're saying? Or well, there's still sideline judgment? It could be this play, this exact okay. same if it's, play. If but this, is, you, if you, if this the exact same play the way you just described it, but now we have a situation where he, he touches it inside the one and then slides into the goal line, that's easy. I'm on the goal line. I know what I'm going to call, but I'm pointing to my uh, wing, to confirm that he's still in bounds, because I would do that even on a touchdown play. And if he gives me a thumbs up that he's still in bounds, then I'm throwing my bag down inside the one and we're killing it because I have true knowledge that the ball was in fact possessed and down inside the one. Okay, I just want- And actually I had, I had a play like that in Barrington that we can go back and show next time that we meet, because <laughs> that's exactly what I called.
0: <laughs> well, and I just want to make that point because momentum is momentum. So. Momentum exception, you know, the, when you throw your bag in the field of play and now the ball ends up in the end zone, you're saying that you had clear possession in the field of play and the momentum of the player is what took him into the, into the end zone. Thus, the bag is saying the momentum rule exception applies. When a player is down like this, it, it's kind of a, a gray area. But yeah, absolutely, I would agree with Robert. I would want a bag thrown one way or the other. If I'm the back judge, I'm either ruling him in the end zone or I'm ruling him out as a, or possessed prior to breaking the plane of the end zone because that is important. So um, any, I'll throw over to Mike. Mike, any, uh, uh, any comments uh, that you have on this play? Any observations that you saw or that you would want to see? Um, I, I
4: just love the conference. I, I, when I saw fourth and eight, you asked me about the uh, scrimmage requirements. I didn't, I didn't read at all, so I'm just reading Formation legal for a shot formation in the middle of the field all oh, there You know it always catches you off guard when they do this quick kicks, but that's why scouting can be important the team that's prone to this um, Just so you can be ready. I I really The line judge and back judge read this as kick um, just because uh, we've had play um, We had a quick kick and didn't pick up and thought it was a pass and uh the wrong kind of play. So kudos to the crew for getting it right, getting together, all out to bring it together.
0: So great, that's a great point. So let's move on to our our next segment, our new segment. So now it's time for our new segment that we're doing. We're calling this, What Makes This Call Great? Now you might want, you might ask, where have I come up with this? Why are are we doing this? Because I think this is really important. I was uh, influenced by the, by, to do this um, by, I'm going to pull up the, the YouTube page so you guys can see it. Um, we'll go, we'll show the YouTube page, there's a guy named Rick Beato. And Rick Beato is a music teacher, he's got over 2 million subscribers on YouTube, and he talks about music and songs and he breaks them down, kind of what we do on plays he does on music, and he tells where the chord progressions are. And he's got. I, I enjoy watching some of the stuff, but he's got this, this segment, and you can see there what makes this call or this song great. And I, he's done a bunch of them. He's done over a hundred of them, and it inspired me to think about this as to what makes, you know, what makes a call great. And so a little bit of a, a some background as well. I did a Google search: greatest officiating calls ever. Okay. I challenge you to go do that. Do a Google search, greatest officiating calls ever. You will not find any. (laughs) Nobody puts the greatest officiating calls ever on YouTube. They only put the worst officiating calls. You will only find the worst officiating calls. Even if you put quotes for your search, the greatest officiating call ever or calls ever, you will not see any. And so it's like, now it's time. It is our time because we talk about the negatives a lot. And it is important that we highlight the positives as well, because we do do a lot of good work out there. So we're going to start this segment, and it might not be like part of our meetings, but I'm going to start. You're going to start seeing them come out maybe uh, once a week or once every couple weeks of what makes this call great. So this is play number one. So I'm we're going to let the play go because I got to turn the audio on. So let's make sure I got I got to make sure I got all the audio on so you hear it. But um, we're going to listen to this, and then we're going to go back, and we're going to talk about what makes this call great. So here we go.
3: Backfield. Finley to throw. Rifles
0: it
2: down the middle. On his way is Keyshawn Butte. Touchdown. That's the way you start the second quarter. And the key word was rifle, and Butte was wide open and delivered perfectly on this play. Bottom of the screen right here, right down the slot. Safety's coming up on the play, and before the opposite safety battle can get there, the ball is there, but did he drop the ball too soon?
4: Oh, no. That would be
2: the ultimate problem. They're going to take a look at this, I think. Are they? Did the ball go out too too early? I think it did, Ness.
3: Oh my goodness. He did the Julio Jones uh, lean into the tape as a trackster, and he left the ball behind him.
2: I remember Tyron Matthew doing that in the SEC Championship game, too. No. Think, is it going to be replayed? Apparently not extra point is up and
3: good they've ruled it a touchdown on the field gene sterator is with us we'll get another look from pilot cam right here gene you take over
2: you know brad i know we've all said this and seen this happen before and unfortunately in this situation this ball is clearly out of the runner's possession before it breaks the goal line uh, that this would not be a touchdown if they would have reviewed it. Isn't this a replay official mistake, though, Gene? I mean, it's close either way. Yeah, it... Yes, Gary, it would be, a, you know, you want Replay to initiate a review on this uh, and they would have to buzz down. Uh, we can see the back judge at the top of the screen from our pylon can straddling the goal line. Right. This happens in such a blur for him that uh, I'm sure he had some apprehension there, uh, but this ball looks clearly out, guys. Our producer, Craig Silver, is telling us from the truck it was reviewed.
0: All right, so you, you heard all the, the chitter-chatter. From the announcers and that was important because you also had Gene Sarator come in who is the expert talking about how this was a fumble prior to the ball breaking the goal line now they never show the coach's tape but we've got the coach's tape thanks to uh our friend there Mr. Lamani, but we've got the coach's tape and so now this is the coach's tape on what actually happened so you hear all this bad stuff oh and and they continue. The announcers continue on for like the next three minutes about how Replay messed this up and how, how could they have not seen it properly. They just kept going. So let's go wide on this. Like I said, this is the coach's tape. Let's see what happens. Same play. Now you'll see that you've got the two officials, the back judge and the side judge, or, the, or I guess the field judge. They're looking. Nothing. Have they done anything yet? They haven't done anything yet. If you watch that again they have not done anything they're just standing there what happens oh look at the look at the arrow look at the the circle and now touchdown okay so what makes this call great those guys were on it they were right there they did not kill it they let it stay live. and once the other player, this was not a fourth down fumble rule or anything like that in, in, in college. This was a regular play. Guy picks it up, loose ball in the end zone. Team A has the ball, dead ball in the end zone. Now this is a touchdown. And they ruled that accordingly. One little thing I would say is that if our field judge would have thrown his beanbag, bag, that may have alerted everybody that, that he does he's on it. And Gene Steratore might have saw the beanbag bag in the replay and said, oh, they have it as a fumble, and it would have gotten them to look at this even further to see that, oh, yeah, that this is what actually happened. In fact, I'm going to pull up the stats. There, Here's the box score. If you look at the box score, this was ruled a zero-yard fumble recovery and given to the other player as a touchdown. So that's what the box score said. So that's what makes this call great. Those guys were there. They were on it. I don't care what the announcer said, they did the right thing. And, that, and that's a big game there for you. That's some of the highest stage of college football to be have that level of concentration, to see exactly what happened and rule it that way and not get the credit. Bill Amanye, what makes this call great? Well, you know, the officials had the patience. Uh, they were
2: ready uh, for a potential drop. They were in great position. You know, if you were chasing that play from 10 yards behind, you wouldn't know when he, where he dropped the ball. But they were right there on the goal line, The advantage to having the, the crew of eight. Uh, paid good patience, good eye contact, um, and uh, then went up. Replay, they weren't ruling that the first guy scored with their review. They were reviewing exactly what the officials called, that the, the next player scored the touchdown. Now, the only thing I would say, you know, and, and, and Gene Steratore's defense, and I will defend my colleague in, who does uh, rules analysis, that Gene was doing this remotely. He had no view of whether or not the side, and it was the side judge, the side judge and the back judge, whether they went up or not. He had to go strictly off of what he was being told by the, by the two announcers. And um, so it, it, to Gene... To Gene's thing, I'm sure after if, if he saw that tape, he'd have been going, oh, man, you know, th- these guys were right at it. But he didn't get, get that opportunity to do that. Uh, the only thing I'd recommend that should have happened was that since this was a peculiar play, I would have liked to seen the back judge and the side judge communicate this to the referee. And when they were initially doing the hold to get the to see if replay was was going to shut it down or not, Um, the referee's announcement could have been that there was a fumble on the play recovered by a second player uh, for the touchdown. And that would have alerted, you know, I mean, I know high school, you're not doing it for the TV audience and that, but at the college level or the pro level, uh, working with the TV group and educating them uh, what to look for specifically uh, would have been a good thing for that referee to do.
0: Well, you're right. High school, we don't do the TV stuff, but I agree. I think if they would have had, they would have had the mic, and, and or the, the referee would have communicated that, it might have changed uh, everybody's perception of this play. But still, that's what make this call makes this call great that they were right on it. So you're going to start seeing this segment, like I said, come to you. Uh, then they might not be part of the meeting. They may be part of the meeting if it's if it's pertinent. But this is why I, I just think it's important that we highlight. The good things that we do as officials because there are a lot of good things that we do do. So now it's time for MIB Town line play of the week or now play of the month because we'll be back next month to discuss this. So another, another doozy. You're gonna see it, it's an interception. What happens? Uh-oh, let's watch our player with the arrow. Here's the block, okay. So we're gonna get an end zone shot of this here in a second, it ends up being a touchdown. So you'll see another angle of this. Here comes our arrow again, point to our player. And we have a block. So let's play it one more time, just for the masses. Here's our player, what does he do? We got a block there. And then you'll see the end zone view. Again, you've got a block there. Here are our options. Is this contact illegal or legal? That simple. Was the contact made on that play illegal or legal? I will get uh, you can email me at where it is, where is it? It's there somewhere. You can email me, tim at mibtmedia.com. Officially speak is the Twitter. It'll be up there hopefully maybe tonight or by tomorrow. You can uh, check out the poll there if you'd like to take it, or you can just let me know and give me your comments, and we will talk about this next month. So I want to thank everybody. Uh, well, one, well, well, before we end it, I'm to ask, let's go and see if there's any questions on anything. Robert, are there any questions or anything that we need to talk about before we call it a night?
1: Uh, No questions, but a lot of positive comments. They love that new added segment. I mean, just a lot of viewers are commenting, texting. So thank you for the positive feedback. And it's wonderful to be positive. Let's let's showcase some great things that we do. We should probably
0: end end every meeting with with what makes this play great, to be honest with you. It's a breath of fresh air. Breath of fresh air. Ah, Something like that. So, all right. So I want to thank everybody. Uh, Mike had to take off. His internet was kind of in and out. But uh, Stan stayed with us the whole night. Stan, thank you again for being here. I hope you uh, enjoy your retirement, your pickleball. Thanks again, like I said. Here is, uh, it's on the way, Plank Owner. It'll be headed your way once I get your new address. And uh, congratulations once again.
3: Thank you so much, uh, Tim, and I just want to let you know, there is, uh, now that I've retired, there's no more whining, but there will be more wine.
0: Well, there you go, always a good thing. And uh, Bill Emanier, as usual, thank you for joining us. A lot of fun tonight. Appreciate the play. We got more of these, uh, you know, what makes these plays great. And you're going to help us out with that. So we appreciate that.
2: Not a problem. Glad to do it. And uh, I think it's going to be a good feature.
1: So do I. Robert Yamara over there. Had a- How'd it go, Robert? Excellent. We had a great, uh, great video to discuss. So thank you, Tim, for preparing that. Thank you, viewers, for being engaged throughout the meeting. Look forward to doing it again. Let's keep getting better. I agree.
0: And Alex, running the board, we brought him in. He, Alex has got a new apartment. I got to help him move him on, on Saturday. Right, Alex?
3: Yes,
4: I'll be moving <laughs> on Saturday.
0: <laughs> there you go. And hey, Come on. What's your, you got any words of wisdom for us?
4: i hope you guys have a wonderful week and i hope you guys enjoy the weather and uh make sure to play lots of basketball and uh you know i wish i could have played today but i couldn't unfortunately oh, you know.
0: work you got it you got a real job oh wait yeah. robert robert's got one thing what do you got robert oh
1: one more thing is oh, uh, this book you know in all sincerity my wife cindy uh has started to read it and it's excellent my uh daughter tia uh, you know she looks up to her father, so thank you, T, you if you're listening. But uh, she even said that she would read it as well. I do recommend you get it. It's on Amazon, and it was just great to have him as a guest speaker last week.
0: Absolutely, we thank Richard once again. So for uh, everybody here at MIBTOnline.com, we'll be back next week. I'm not exactly sure what we're going to talk about, but check your email; it'll be coming your way. And until then, I'm Tim Kiefer, and we'll catch you then. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening to the MIBTOnline.com podcast join today at mibtonline.com. We'll catch you next time.